0: Hey, welcome to the Bullpen Session. This is Patrick Lellis, and uh, glad you're listening. Uh, this week our conversation is with playwright Chisa Hutchinson. It was great to talk to Chisa. Uh, I saw her first play uh, that was produced in New York years ago. She liked girls, and just listened to her most recent play that was on Audible. And it was fantastic to hear her talk about her journey, how she got from that play, but and how that play got produced up until... Uh, what's happening recently and a lot of exciting stuff. She's a great, joyful person, uh, incredibly talented playwright, and also you'll get to hear our co-host that week. Her lovely dog Smitty was in the room. Uh, Not too intrusive, but made himself known a couple of times. Um, The conversation's excellent, and you know, before we talk about that, one of the things Chisa talked about was how she got hooked up from the Lark Theater Company that develops playwrights with a playwright, Tina Howe, and how Tina Howe really mentored her and took her to the next level. And I think that story is great, but what's really interesting to me is that the her friend from college was the one who told her to submit to the Lark, and I just think it's interesting. Other people have said this, too, and we can all do it. You, you can track your career and major events back to certain things happening. And yet we can't predict what those are. You know, when your friend from college says, Hey, you should apply to this. I work at this organization. You know, she couldn't help her do anything or or anything. She just thought it was a good fit. And from there, everything changed. And I was interested in it because, you know, I just finished, I opened on Sunday, a play a Peregrine falls. that's playing in New York. Um, And I got that job. I was a late hire. Um, The director wasn't available and they needed a new director to come in. And, And I think one of the reasons I got it, a friend of mine recommended me to the producer. So obviously that helped. But also two of the cast members I had directed almost 15 years ago in another play. And because I knew them and this other person recommended me, all of a sudden I'm directing this play and I'm meeting this new company and and I had a great experience working with everybody, but it was, you know, it wasn't just that my friend had recommended me. It was that I'd had this relationship from 15 years ago and with the two actors, two of the five cast members. And it's just great to listen to Chisa talk about the journey and how, how it happens. And it's really like the the pebble in some way. And you don't know how the ripple's going to reach out. And I, I, you know, I remember Trevor saying that and Liza saying that other people have said it and it's it's really true. So just a couple of things I wanted to say about it. One, remain open uh, to the possibilities and and also know that when you're thinking of somebody and you don't think it's a big deal, even recommending them to be part of a reading or do something may be the thing that gets them in the door, that gets them to connect with the person who recognizes their value. And all of that support and all of that creating opportunity is really, it's really important. Um, and I'm seeing it not only, you know, the play that I directed, which I was happy about, but I'm, you know, I'm seeing it. Somebody, our college collaboration playwright from last year, Kimberly Bellflower, uh, you know, she was recommended from one of the previous playwrights to do the college collab. And then her play went to Ohio, and now it's getting a rolling premiere. Was produced at Clemson this year. It's going to be a premiere at Milwaukee Rep next season, and you know, and it's like all of that comes from just somebody saying you should meet this person, and oh, and and for her, somebody saying you should apply to this program, and it's it's just nice. I'm I'm sort of really aware of how much it's about community and it's about each of us creating. You know, And a similar thing happened with um, we're going to go to the Southeast Theater Conference at the end of this month to record, been invited to record three live interviews. And I'm excited about that. And that happened, you know, because Center College invited the farm to go down and present with them four years ago. And we built this relationship with the Southeast Theater Conference. And out of that, came this potential partnership and I'm just really just touched by looking at how people's generosity and looking out for you and just thinking like this would be a good thing you know something that Eric Miller said like it's not everything's right for you but realizing oh it'd be great for this person and and that generosity of spirit is really what helps each of us get along and so it's um it's important not to only be aware for yourself of what opportunities are being presented but if you really, if you think of somebody for something, to, to just say it and open the door and connect them because you never know where it's going to take them. And nobody's ever upset to get an opportunity, and they will remember it, as you will hear, because Chisa talks about the Lark. She talks about Tina Howe with and, and everybody who helps her along the way. She has a great awareness of that. And it's really a wonderful conversation. And so with that, I'm going to... Uh, hope you enjoy the conversation with Chisa, myself, Smitty, and uh, Play Ball. I just listened to the Audible play, which was great.
1: Yay. <laughs> and yeah. Oh, Brenda did such a great job with it. Um, the actress who's, who's reading the... Um, this the role Mm -hmm. um yeah really lucked out with her
0: she was yeah she was fantastic yeah how did that come about how did they come to you or yeah you know my
1: uh my agent just randomly called me up one day and this was after i had already read about um read about the the initiative that they had there of like um wanting to commission playwrights to do radio plays radio dramas and um it was something ridiculous. I was like, oh, oh, yeah, there's a $5 million fund, you know, that's d- designated for this. And, and I was thinking, oh, man, it'd be nice to get a piece of that. But they're probably <laughs> just going to be, like, I don't know, choosing writers who were shortlisted for Pulitzers. And, you know, I don't know, one at least were nominated for Tony Awards, or at least were on Broadway, right? Um, but, no, they were really wanting to find... Um, new-ish. <laughs> <Funny>. <laughs> no, I, I was going to say, where I do you fall feel in that? New. I don't really feel new, but I haven't, you know, I'm, I'm not, I haven't gotten any of those
0: things. You're like, I'm um, not on Broadway. I'm not Pulitzer. You're, yeah, no, yeah,
1: you right? Um, so I thought it was pretty cool when my agent called and said, hey, Audible wants to sit down with you and talk about a uh, possible commission. And I was like, Oh. Okay, cool. And I met with Amelia Lapenta in Newark because Audible is in Newark, and I'm from Newark. And it just was, it just felt like kismet. It just felt like, oh, right, this, all right, yeah. This I'm supposed to be doing this. Um, and you know, we got along famously, and <laughs> um, yeah. And she's like, all right, let's do this.
0: Let's. Um, when let's they commission what, you to write when you sit down for a commission, like. Do they just want to know you, or do they want to know your idea? What did What is what is that conversation like? Well, Cause they're I, actually didn't, producing I didn't stuff. have
1: any sort of idea. I think they were just, you know, kind of feeling me out to see if I was interested, to see if, you know, a radio drama was something that I thought was, you know, within my sort of, I don't know, range. capability <laughs> range, you know? Um, and they were just, they were cool as shit, and, and didn't really, once they decided that, yeah of course we're going to give you a commission. They were pretty hands-off, you know. They just said, um, we can only do plays that require one or two actors. Um, and it you can, you know, you can understand it just through your ears. Like, that's, that's really all. Those were the only, um, you know, mm-hmm. parameters that I got. Um, yeah, otherwise, I was just sort of Like, all right, I'll just be throwing spaghetti at the wall, see what sticks. Um, Yeah.
0: Funny, I didn't know I was going to ask about it, but it was interesting because I'm always curious about any commission, and I I know you've gotten a couple, and I'm like, oh, what are the limitations of the, you know, what? And because also Audible, when they commission you, they're going to produce it, right? Right. Which is different than just getting a commission with the idea that, they might produce and right a first refusal. Right,
1: right, and I've had a lot of those. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a lot of those. Um, yeah, I've had a few of those. Um, here, we'll just give you some money and tell you to write a play, and then we'll maybe have a reading of it in a basement
0: you know, space of our, <laughs> right. well, of and, our and maybe theater. we'll do something maybe way will want.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've, I've had enough of those to sort of know not to get too excited (laughs) you know when some but so when someone decides yeah no we're gonna do it sight unseen before you even write it we're committing to and this is the this is only the second time it's happened the first time was um the new york uh, the new jersey um, stage exchange um the that was um nj pac so the new jersey performing arts center um teamed up with the first year it was three different theaters um, and said, hey, what playwrights are you excited about right now um, and you want to team up and commission them to write a play about, you know, some community in New Jersey somewhere? That was really the only...
0: That was their um, thing. That
1: was their thing. Um, and uh, the my the, the, the theater that, that picked me was a Writers' Theater of New Jersey with John Petrowski. Um, and he says, yeah, right on. I'm going to commission Chisa Hutchinson to write a play. Um, and they committed to part of it was you have to commit to producing this play sight unseen um, before they even write it, and um, I just thought that was the most exciting thing. It just it was such um, faith, you know, to have to have a company sort of yeah. invest that much, um, invest that much faith in you, and, and you know, be confident that this is something that they're going to want to share with their audience.
0: I did it, the farm as a project called the College Collaboration Project, where we commission a playwright to write a play that three colleges will produce during the academic year, mm-hmm. and it's fascinating. I find, I find that the playwrights procrastinate <laughs> during that program all the time. Oh no. And I don't I hate it. I can't, you can't I don't like
1: having things hanging over my head.
0: <laughs> and I wanted to ask cuz I wonder what's the diff- if it feels different for you cuz I always justified it by saying, "Oh, they know it's going to get produced, so they must feel more pressure." Oh. You know, like they know it's going to get done. No,
1: see, with me it's like, "Okay, then let me get started and let me make sure that this is the best script it can be." You know, like I want to make sure that I I I'm have just going to play my that back to every in the one
0: row. of my college co-op <laughs> for now. On. Let's get started. Make this the best play it can yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. That's how I would feel. because Because yeah. I get too nervous that I'm like, I can't wait. People are going to do it. <laughs> but is uh, it, the NJ Pack play? Was that I, I pulled off the list of plays. But is that also the Keen Company? Did they do yeah. that play? That's the book. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I saw.
1: um Surely Goodness and Mercy, it was it's called. Um, and it was a play about a kid, it was this little oddball kid, <laughs> little black kid, grown up in Newark, New Jersey, which again is where I'm from. And um, so there's, you know, check with the one piece of criteria that I <laughs> <Like Jersey. laughs> have to address. Jersey, check. Um, yeah, man. And I just, I really just wanted to write a play about um, people that you don't really get to see on stage you know, um this is a little poor black kid you know from 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 my my hometown and um yeah i it got i think John also in addition to just commissioning it himself and and you know committing to produce to producing it um submitted it to the National New Play Network for their um Rolling World premiere consideration yeah. And it was selected. Um, um, Two other theaters, uh, Salt Lake Acting Company and um, Red Twist Theater in Chicago, decided that they want to produce it, too. Um, So I had a Rolling World premiere, and then Keen Company got hold of the script, I think from Small World, Amelia LaPenta (laughs) from Audible, um, and decided that they they were going to produce it, give it the New York premiere. And um, it went really well. I really liked working with them. Um, Jonathan Silverstein, his first question, you know, when we met after he decided he was going to produce it, one of his first questions was, "Okay, so what could make this a successful production for you?" And no one had ever asked me that. You right, know, it like, seems what, like what, such what a... would so to to be able to define for myself, like what. What would make this an awesome experience, like a, a really great production experience, um, I thought was just so cool of him. And I told him, I said, I want, you know, I would consider it a success if um, if there were lots of young people, you know, who look like me, <laughs> um, people who might um, relate to this this main character, who's this little eyeball black kid, you know, from a very poor neighborhood in New um I would love it if 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 people who felt like they could relate to that kid or people who look like that kid or people who never get to see themselves on stage, if you could get those people in the seats, um that would be a success for me. And man, he was like, Well, all right, not our usual affair. Um, but we're gonna do this. And they made that like their top priority and they went out and did not just marketing, but like real like um Partnerships with people who were already operating in the community, you know, um, who were already mobilizing folks to come to, you know, various arts opportunities or whatever, you know. So, Chichin um, Anwu, um, who is awesome. Um, who else invited us to um, an event at Schomburg? That's like the Black Theater Season in in preview. Um, let's see who else. Um, uh, Celeste. Um. Uh, 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 uh. Oh. Oh. Shoot. I can't remember. It's I'm right, like I'm blanking jump. on her last name. But she's Mama Celeste. Meet. Um. Uh, but she's Newark based. Um. We reached out to New Jersey Seeds, which is like my scholarship program there. Um. Who else did we reach out to? Oh. Oh. Um. The Abyssinian Baptist Church, like the the big <laughs> massive um church. There, I mean, just like yeah, and not just like oh, a week before the performances start, the you know, but like really months in advance, they were like reaching out to folks and um, and trying to let them know like, hey, we have this really great play going up. We think you know, um, your your folks would enjoy it, so come through. anyway. was great. Sorry, well, no, I want to say I, I saw it that.
0: and it was true. Like the audience was, there were young. People in the audience, and I thought, "Oh, this is great." Yeah. And and also it was interesting because uh, it's funny when you said people that you don't usually see, and I thought, I don't remember what was in your playwright's note, but there was something ab- about that, and uh, and I, th- I actually think I emailed you going, "I think this, po- I can't wait to see this play <laughs> as a as a movie." Like it felt like it felt I I loved the play. I felt good about the play, and it felt when you said. People we don't normally see. What I thought was, oh, I see this story. Mm-hmm. I just see this story with people who look like me, mm-hmm. as opposed to people who are people of color. Who because it's a, it, you know, an oddball kid, and there's not. I just thought he was a good kid with a good story mm-hmm. and this connection to the lunch lady. I remember and and. Uh, and, and just genuinely being moved and, like, feeling good about the world. Like, he was my, he's, he's the hero. He's the
1: hero, you know? right? When does a little 12-year-old black kid from the hood get to be the hero?
0: Yeah, such a simple, beautiful, I want to do good for somebody. Yeah. You know, and it was, uh, and I thought it was a great model. And I, I'm glad that was, actually, also that that question is such a good question. What would make a success for you, college? Collaboration project that I mentioned is totally modeled after the rolling premiere of the new play network. Oh, nice, nice. And uh, it's totally modeled after that. And so, and you know, part of that is like you're going to get produced, and you're going to. But I think that thing of like you already had three productions of this play. What's going to make it successful for you? Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a great question that they asked. Yeah. Um, you know, because you're not probably, I'm guessing, you're not probably actively like, oh, I'm working on the play, or I want to get. These people to see. I want to get these commercial blah blah blah. blah. It's like right. no, I want the audience yeah. to be the right audience.
1: Yeah, and, um, that, and they did it, man. It wasn't just like a, a nice sort of warm and fuzzy question that they were asking to make me feel good about working with them. Like they really set adore. out to to make that happen, and I I just I love them forever for that. Um, I'm working, right now. I'm working on. Um, a short play for their Keen Teens program, <laughs> which I'm, I'm so excited about. Um, and they tapped me for it, I think, because they know that I'm not gonna write, um, I'm not gonna write down for young people, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, I'm not gonna water it down. I'm not gonna sugarcoat anything. Like, young people deal with some serious shit, especially now, you know, that's like, good God, high anxiety. Uh, Cyberbully. I mean, just like a whole lot of, There's just a lot of shit. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I'm I'm working on a piece for them right now. Actually, I actually have to I have to revise it. <laughs> <laughs> I got to do my second draft now. My second draft is almost due. Um, but yeah, and um, I just, I think I would probably do just about anything they asked me to do at this point because because of that because of that experience yeah, that true. I had with
0: them. It's right? Good faith. Yeah. And how the national how the how the Rolling Premiere come about? It's very funny. I just listened to I already listened to your podcast when you were there. Um, what is that called? The subtext.
1: Oh, the subtext. Yeah. yeah,
0: I think I, I listened to that
1: when it that was released. Dude, Brian.
0: Yeah, it was really <laughs> great. And I just listened to a new one today. And uh, but how how did that play get there? Do you know?
1: Um, It was John Petrowski, I'm pretty sure. Oh, well, that was a different play, though. So um, the National New Play Network, they have um, really, in order to get a rolling world premiere, all you need is for three theaters uh, who are member theaters of the National New Play Network to agree to produce the play. So John Petrowski, for Shirley, Goodness and Mercy, he submitted the play for consideration by um, all the member theaters, and the member theaters just agreed um you know, three member theaters agreed, yeah, okay, we wanna give this a Rolling World premiere.
0: But they submit it for the fest for the conference to be read or something, it, right? That
1: play did not go to the to the conference, to the um the showcase festival is what is what um it's called Yeah, yeah, right. Um so there the showcase, National New Play Network Showcase, um was another play that got there and I who even who <laughs> A minute that I don't even, I don't even remember now. But that was American, um, and that's the play about the, the the white supremacist hopeful, who who takes a DNA test as, as part of his initiation and gets some.
0: But that's one where, it, that's one where results. A, a theater that's a member theater. Suggested. Right.
1: Well, a member theater was like, hey, we're excited about this play. We want to bring it. We want to submit it for consideration for a rolling world premiere, but also the showcase, which is where um, people can, you know, member theaters, uh, member theaters who maybe didn't read it or were like, eh, I don't know, um, can come and see a reading of it um, and make up their minds there, uh, which is pretty
0: cool, but... Um,
1: yeah, I did not get a Rolling World premiere out of I, that. that. I love that cool. you
0: say, all you have to do is get three theaters to want to do it. Oh, yeah, You yeah. know, like, first of all, when you're starting, it'd be good to get one theater that <laughs> wants would to be do right. it. Yeah, you know? it would. <laughs> <clears throat> and it's true, it's hard to, to get that, but it's interesting because I think people look at that program and think, oh, how do I get my play? And I think what... My understanding is you get your play done by or showcase there by having a, thea, a member of theater mm-hmm. have a relationship with you, right, like exactly. the play, they're interested, and then they bring it to them.
1: Yeah, and that's the tricky part is like just, I, and this is something that I didn't that I I didn't learn until um, I don't want to say too late, but like <laughs> until like pretty late in the game um, was how how much community, like how big a difference, like having a tribe and having, um, you know, just connecting with people in an organic and meaningful way, like what a huge difference that makes to your career. Um, I was just sort of incidentally, you know, going to this theater and that theater and like telling the artistic director, oh, my God, you're doing such a great job. You know, you're choosing... You're, you're like, killing it with the with the season selection or whatever, you know. Right. Or, I don't know, just showing up. Like, if, if there's a panel discussion. So not just coming to see, you know, if you get invited to, um, uh, you know, participate in a panel discussion somewhere, right? Like, agree to that shit because they will remember that. Um, I think that theater... Uh, the, the, the people who run the theater companies, like producers, just need to know that they want to work with you and not just do your play, you know? Yeah, so it's important like, to, like, actually be in the room and be a presence and, like, um, I don't know, make yourself useful,
0: <laughs> you know? <laughs> but when you say that, that, I'm interested in that because, you know, you and I, we were, we were both on a Dramatist Guild panel when they did it in New York. And it's true. It's like all of a sudden you feel. You feel more connected just because you did something, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, uh, but when you say find your, I wanted to, it's one of the things I wanted to talk about. When you say find your tribe, find your community, mm-hmm. what was the most useful thing for you? How did you start doing that actively? How did, when did you become aware uh, of like, this is an active the thing? thing
1: is, it, it's, it, it almost can't be, I know, I just, I feel like I'm contradicting myself, but um, where it started for me... Mm -hmm. Okay, where it started for me really was the Lark. Um, The Lark um, used to be called the Lark Play Development Center. I think now they just go by Lark Lark Theater or the Lark, um, which is just this, um, it's not a producing entity, like they don't produce plays, they just help Writers um, develop them, you know, give writers the space to come and, like, hear this stuff out loud and, or, you know, sort of revise in 3D. They have, like, all these different programs that you can participate in to, like, um, to develop your play. So I got into um, the Lark via their, their very beginning, like, entry program that was, um, it's called Playwrights Week which is sort of like now it's like the american idol for playwrights right but like <laughs> you know back then it was like okay well i my friend heidi from vassar we um, my undergrad um was on their lit panel and she said hey do you still write plays you should send one to to the to be considered for the lark's playwright playwrights week and i was like yeah okay i guess and At this point, I had almost given up on being a playwright because I think I sent my play to like three theater companies and got rejected from all three, (laughs) which was like so ridiculous and they were like you know playwrights horizons and like the vineyard theater or
0: whatever right like three off-broadway theaters you're like well i guess i'm not gonna happen yeah yeah. i'm out
1: right with like the biggest freaking off-broadway theater companies (laughs) so um but yeah my friend heidi was just like you should just send it and i said okay fine fine so i sent my play and like eight nine months later it was selected for Playwrights Week, and I was living in California at the time. So they were like, yeah, we want to read your play. And I was like, great, have fun with that. You know, like, <laughs> I don't know. And they're like, no, no, I don't think you understand. Like, we want to fly you out here, and we're going to, like, we're going to host you. We're going to we're gonna have, you know, this is an event. Like, this is for the, a thing.
0: You're going to be the person for a week.
1: Right. So you're going to come out here. We're going to set you up with a director and some actors and um, some space and... You know, you're gonna have 29 hours of. I don't even know. I think it was 29 hours of rehearsal, and you're gonna we're gonna present your reading publicly. And I said, "Oh, okay, cool." And at this point, I'm like, "Do they are they aware that I'm not like actually a for real playwright? Like, <laughs> I don't have any productions. I've barely had any reading. You know, like this is I, I don't know." And they're like flying me out. This is crazy. So I went out there, and the people. This was the start of my tribe. Like this, and I could tell that the the minute I like stepped into that space, Um, John Eisner, friggin' Andrea Hebler, like at the time Michael Robertson, who's um, since left, but oh my goodness, they're just so supportive and so so loving and so determined to connect you to the people that you need to be connected with because they understood how important community is so they're like hey we're going to hook you up with tina howe as a mentor um is that okay i'm like tina howe the playwright the award-winning player, tina howe <laughs> she's right? a legit yeah. playwright um yeah we think you guys would get along really well and sure enough, like she came, she saw the play, and she loved the play. And then she's like, "We have to go out to dinner." So we w- <laughs> we went to dinner. I after. You know, I hold, went to I'm going to pick up
0: on this, but yeah, yeah. But like, I'm going to just say John because I know Eisner. He, but they specifically they thought she would like you. Yes. And right, it yeah. was it was a like a matchmaking. Yeah. Almost they matchmaking like, mentorship,
1: they, uh, yeah, and they, they don't they know were... what's
0: going to happen. She might come to the play and not respond, mm-hmm. but but it was an instinct. Yes, and relationship they already had, obviously, exactly. right?
1: Course. Like they 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 knew her well enough to know that she might respond, you know, favorably to to my work, and she did. We had we had dinner after, which went pretty late because Tina Howe, right? So it's pretty late. I'm like, oh, I think I might be missing the last train to New Jersey right now. Um," And she's like, oh, no, you're not taking the train this late. You're going to come home with me. So I had a sleepover with Tina Howe at her place. She's like, you can sleep in my daughter's room. She's away at school. It's fine. And I'm like, how? And then, and then, she's like, we're continuing to talk back at her at her apartment and um she's like so do you have an mfa and i'm like no i don't and she's like well you need an mfa um you should apply to grad school you should apply to nyu i'm going to write you a letter of recommendation to nyu and this is that's exactly how she talks by the way that's like <laughs> it's, you see know, how she's very yeah, yeah. yeah. and it it really kind of boggles my mind that this like i don't know what was she 60 some 70 something um, you know, pretty pretty well off. You know, white chick from like New England. Even first of all, responded to my work, right? Um, and then second, would like invite me to her, agree to be my mentor, invite me into her home the day she meets me. You know, and then be like, here, I'll write you a letter of a recommendation to get into NYU. Like that's tribe.
0: Like that's well, that that's putting your. You know, it's funny because I'm going to say like that's also magical. It's funny, I talk about it a lot. Whether that fairy tale takes 12, 15, 20 years mm. or not, it feels like somebody recognizes something and it's quick. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. And I, I, when I hear that story, I got to say, like, I, I hope. I hope with that letter of recommendation came financial aid because <laughs> that's a very generous you need to go to NYU grad school right, right. well I would
1: expect like Tina no, Howe like, I didn't
0: like, think Tina Howe would pay right, for it right, but right. I mean I,
1: NYU I, did though I got a full ride so like, yeah that's that's, a, that's great but like what a trip Good. and it was I think it was like literally the day before the application was due so I had a day to put a grad school application together and Tina Howe randomly wrote me this letter of recommendation and I had to like hand deliver the, <laughs> the application to the the the, the office because i I didn't want it to be late so um yeah and then i was imagine my shock you know when i get the the call from janet kniper saying oh yeah so you're in and and also full ride and it was like okay um so just that i trace everything back to that um, well, it's back to
0: your friend's to the phone lark. call. Yeah, my, saying, my friend
1: being right. like, "Hey, submit to the lark," and I did that. And, and she, then she, from you know, there, it's like Tina Howe, grad school, and then who knows how many. I graduate school is a really great place to make um, to, to meet your tribe.
0: Um, I'm gonna go back to that, mm-hmm. but yeah, I want to say like you know, and your friend knew that you should apply because it was the right level, right thing for you. Mm-hmm she didn't have the same sway I'm imagining as a Tina Howe does in the world mm-hmm. like she can't say I'll get you in she says I'll get your play read and paid attention to mm-hmm. and all that does happen it's amazing um, and when you yeah and it's, it, it's interesting because I'm thinking about a lot of playwrights with the magical moment of things happening and at the same time then we'll talk about that in a second all the momentum and then like Maybe nothing happens, mm-hmm. uh, like the reading in the basement, you know. Yep. But uh, <laughs> but when you say the tribe, and I asked about showing up, I'm curious because you say, oh, you can't do it actively. But the truth is, you have relationships and friendships, and and grad school people you went to grad school with, the Lark. It is a way of staying and connected. Right? You have to figure mm-hmm. out it. You'd not figure out. You have to remain connected with them, mm-hmm. you know, and it is a little bit of showing up, no matter what, because you have to, you know, you can't just go back to your apartment write the play.
1: Right, that's it. You like, know. it's not as, as solitary a profession as you might think. Yeah. Um, the writing is the easy part. The writing is just, a, a, that's the beginning. Then you got to do all this other stuff, you know. <laughs> um, and I don't, I guess what I mean by like it, it's not active, or it, at least it hasn't been, is that like if you just enjoy the company of the people that you hang out with, or you enjoy the work of the people that you're supporting, or that... It,
0: that's organic.
1: It'll just happen. It, 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 it'll it just happen. And that's maddening in in a sense, because, you know, we want... We want a predictable path, like, we want a clear cut path to success as a player, you know. Um, the way doctors are just like, oh, okay, yeah, if I study science um, and then I, you know, major in bio whatever in undergrad. Right. I'll get into med school. And then I'll, I'll get into this. med school and I do my, you know, apprenticeship or whatever. See, this is how far removed residency. from like actual residency. Thank you, right? Like, i you do, you think do my residency path. and, you know, there are steps that you take, right, in order to become a successful doctor. But that's not really... There aren't like... There isn't a clear-cut path for writers, and it's just, um, and it. it I th- I think people find that daunting and and really uh, frustrating, and it is, it is. But it's also, I mean, there's mad, there is magic in it, and it, and it's, um, and it, and it feels wonderful when something clicks that you weren't expecting to click. You know, it's, it feels, um, I don't know, it feels like the universe is looking out for you or something, you know, your, your little self and your little work, <laughs> you know, um, which, you know, I don't know, maybe that's narcissistic to say, yeah, like the universe right? has, you're narcissistic to say, the universe has better things to concern itself with, but um, I don't know, like I just, I always feel like Gary Garrison says leap in the net shall appear right and that about that about sums it up <laughs> you know it's like you just gotta you just gotta do the damn thing you just do do your thing and look people will show up or or I, I don't know well there's
0: that I'm gonna ask though like say that play the play that was read at Lark, she mm-hmm. liked girls it got done at here how did that production come about
1: so that production happened because um I don't know. Um, that production happened because um, just some folks came to see the reading of it at the Lark, um, and it was this, these young, scrappy theater people <laughs> who um, had only had a theater company for like a couple years, and they were like, "We really, we think we have the chops to do this play," and they did, and they did really well. And actually, great. that was like. It was like my first times review, which was such a big business I like, of course like my only like really favorable times review, <laughs> but you know whatever um, and it 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 did really well and I' um and I'm bummed to say that that company isn't around anymore, and it was done in the old Ohio theater <laughs> um. So, like, it's not... That space doesn't even exist anymore. I mean, there's the new Ohio now, but um, it was done... Oh,
0: that's where it was. That's right. Yeah,
1: yeah, the Ohio Theater, um, and it was um, Working Man's closed Productions. The
0: production was great, and I do remember it being like, oh, this. speaking of the person in California who's not a real playwright flying into the Lark, it's like, oh, this is a real playwright. I just saw a, a, a great play from somebody who's starting their career. So I think the people at Lark and... Tina, who saw that, and the theater company saw that, saw like, oh, this is a writer, you know, which is not always the case. You a unique voice with talent, and uh, because I want to say that's part of what I think people immediately respond to. And at the same time, it's so great. And there's a lot of times I want to ask about, like that excitement happens. I'm sure you've had other readings where people are. Resonating, and the play doesn't immediately take off <laughs> yep. or go <goes> somewhere. <laughs> yeah, and and I know that like plays get read a lot. And what do you do? what do you do with that? I don't know what I want to ask, except for there's all that enthusiasm and love coming in your direction, mm-hmm. but there's no substantive, mm-hmm. like...
1: That's what happened with um, National New Play Network for this, the um, American, that, that play that was out there that got read for the showcase, and there was all this love and buzz, and um, and then Alley Theater is actually going to be producing it, but I was sort of hoping for a rolling world Play. I was like, oh, this is... Oh, I guess... Um, but I'm learning to not, to sort of, um, mm, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, temper. not Yeah, temper my expectations a little. <laughs> um, just because, I'll tell you what put it in perspective, what puts things in perspective. Um, serving on judging panels or, um, yeah, just reading for any sort of... Literary opportunity, like reading other people's scripts, I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Like, there's a lot of really great writers out there. There are a lot of really great writers. And um, I'm just kind of lucky to be considered at this point, you know, or, 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 um, there are also a lot of other factors at play you know like what does the rest of the season look like for a particular theater company um do they have an acting company with a particular makeup of you know of people um that they can cast in a play um what what's their budget like you know they're just all these considerations that have nothing to do with whether or not your play is a good play or not um, or whether they even like it, because they can absolute they can love it, right? And it could still just not be right for their season. And, um, you know, I do the same thing when I'm, like, casting plays. Oh, God, it's the worst when, like, friends come into the audition room, you know, and they're like, yeah, all right, I have, I know the playwright, like, clearly, like, I'm going to get this role. Or, like, even if they have read for the role before... Um, there's just no guarantee that that they're gonna be cast um, because of all these other considerations, and so I try to think of it like that, where it's like there's they gotta treat it like an SAT question, you know? You gotta look for reasons to eliminate rather than than include.
0: <laughs> That's right. You're looking for ways to say yeah. no because yes means they only you, have one yes.
1: Yeah, right. Because it's limited resources. There are limited roles. There, whatever it is, right? Like and and. Um,
0: you just funny. can't
1: take it personally and you just got to keep looking for the, the you know, looking, look for the yes somewhere else. Somebody will say yes. Uh,
0: I did this, I just uh, directing down at a college and I just I had one day to do auditions and I didn't know the kids so I, I like doing one-on-one auditions but I said oh you guys can all stay in the room if you want because I got to meet you and I want to know you and at the end of that they all watched each other work mm-hmm. and at the end I circled count them in a circle and said hey what are you going to take away from today and they it was great the first person went that any one of us could get cast mm-hmm. like we're all everybody did good work mm-hmm. and it's only one of is going to get the part but they all realized like it's what, how that person matches with that person yeah. it's a, you know and they it was just nice for them to hear them say it because like you said there's so many factors into it Yeah. and I was like you're right also in my opinion if they're listening I'm like you're all in undergrad the difference in talent is so marginal you know that it's like it could be any one of you I'd be just as happy to work with you because it's more of an educational experience at that point mm. but you're right there's so many factors that go into it and you can't yeah, you are looking for the no, and I also think I'm also going to make this other commentary when I do the college collab. <laughs> after the sec, first year, I knew it was first year of the program, so I knew who the playwright was because I was testing it out with three colleges. So I wanted to be somebody I had a relationship with that I knew I could trust the playwright to deliver. Mm-hmm. Then after that, it became an application process, and I turned to my the person who helps me with that, the associate, and I was like, I just want to invite one playwright because I don't want to say no because <laughs> anybody who's applying is good enough to do it. And yeah. it's like it's not it's nothing to do with ability yep. or anything. It's like yep, there's yep, one yep. slot. Yep. And exactly. trying to find the right one.
1: Exactly. But uh, I, I think, this, yeah, the way to increase your your chances anyway is to just show up, be in
0: the room. In and... the community, when you say it, cause it's it's really interesting to me, I don't think I was aware... Until about fifteen years ago, maybe, which is well, I've only been doing it for twenty-five years, thirty years, but fifteen years ago, of like how much a community of writers there is, and I think now—I don't want to be incorrect, but I think places like the Lark and the Playwright Center in Minneapolis and New Dramatists, you know, been around New Dramatists longer, obviously, but. We've cultivated a better community of, I think, a better community of artists that we all know that you can find your tribe and your community and you can find people to support each other. And we have ways of creating opportunities for people to get together. Is it knowing people in the community, like you said, is it makes people want to work with you because they know you? But also there's something about coming with a lot, a bigger seal of approval because more people are like, oh, I love Cheesy. You should read Jesus' play. There's mm-hmm. more people that are connected to other people that are talking about you. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I think, yeah, you reach sort of a critical mass. Like, if, if three, three, four, five people, you know, recommend a particular playwright to you, you're going to probably...
0: You're going to sit down <laughs> and read that book. Yeah,
1: right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, especially if it's people that you trust or people whose literal job it is, is, you know, to to be in contact with and to um, support really great writers. You know, Emily Morris, Emily Morris did more for me than my first agent did, you know, I mean, as far as like actually getting work for me or actually connected me with people who would then offer me
0: productions who would produce your play yeah um, yeah
1: that, <laughs> like her because her word is is gold you know um, she comes across a lot of extraordinary writers and so when she says oh actually you know what here's one that would be a good match for you in particular
0: sort of the same you know it's interesting to say that because it's about I'm going back to the Tina Howe connection with Mm them. And this would be a good match. Because I also think, I'm thinking about the early career artist and thinking like, oh, could you recommend me to this? Or could you do this? And it's like, yeah, if it's the right fit, Mm -hmm. it's the right, then there's no hesitation because you're like, oh, you should know this person. Mm -hmm. Or you should, this theater company, you should know because they produce work similar to your voice. They'll like you. And I think that, I think sometimes we get desperate and we're like, oh, I want to, not desperate, but but general in the sense of, like, what do I want? I want to be working,
1: you know? Right. And so you're yeah. like,
0: oh, I'd like to do that. And it's like, well, that's not really – you're not yeah. going to like that. Mm-hmm. You know, go for what you like.
1: It's like applying for college, you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah, like, whatever. Like, who wouldn't want to go to Harvard or Yale, you know, just for the prestige of it or whatever? But um, But when you visit a college campus, right, and, I don't know, people seem – miserable or just kind of off-putting or you just don't like the energy or whatever it is then fuck prestige right right. um and and if you go to another you know a smaller lesser well-known you know less well less i can speak english less (laughs) well-known institution right where i don't know the vibe is just was cool like you really dig it the students seem happy like um you meet a few professors they seem cool you know then yeah then then that's that's the place you want to be that's right
0: yeah go you know there's a saying a friend of mine has which is go where it's warm yeah like go where it feels right
1: yeah
0: um you mentioned your agent your first agent which i also Won't question the second agent and put the first agent. How how did you get an agent? How did that happen?
1: (laughs) The lark. (laughs) So I'm telling you, man, so much good stuff came out of there. Um, The there was another. There were I want to say nine playwrights featured in Playwrights Week that year, and one of them was Melinda Lopez, and um, she she um saw my play reading and just she said you know I love that play would you mind if I shared it with my agent and i said sure why not <laughs> have at it thanks you know um and she sent it to her agent and um after some sort of you know back and forth um her agent was decided to to sign me um so that's how i got my first agent um and then my second agent, I stayed with her, with her for six years, but I wasn't getting um, I wasn't getting any work. I was getting either my own work or getting it through other people right, who not would the recommend agency. it, not through the agency. You know, and she was awesome at handling contracts and stuff, but like that, I was I was just sort of under the impression that agents. Did a little more. Did, yeah. So um, and I don't just. I don't know. I just don't, I don't know that they knew what to do with me there. So, so I let my my best friend from Glasgow know that I was on the market for um for a new agent, and she goes, oh, "You have to meet my agent. <laughs> you have to meet my agent. You will love her. She will love you. It will it will be awesome." <laughs> um. And so she sent a an introductory um email.
0: Um. First of all, that's a pretty good response you want somebody to have about their agent, yeah, right, <laughs> you know?
1: exactly, and now I get to have that response about my agent because go figure my bestie was right, you know, right. um yeah, so now um, I have uh, a really rocking agent who I'm so glad I got in on the ground floor because she's kind of a big deal now <laughs> 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 um she's kind of she's kind of boss.
0: And when now, good, actually I never get to ask this, what is the, what is the big deal boss agent doing for you? Because the other one, I think people are familiar with the complaining, like is the, I get more work. <laughs> yeah. You know, I get the work myself and and I'm not sure what they do for me, that thing. But what is, what is how does the agent, what are they working for you? How are they working for you? And how do they work with, how do you work with them? How do you go in and, and to have a relationship to say, this is what I'd like to do? How do you, um, I, I'm saying that as if I might be answering the whole question. So
1: the big difference for me, I noticed an immediate difference, first of all, when I went to go meet with um, this die-glazer. So, um, when I me- went to meet with her, what she was saying was, I read your work, I really love your work, I would be really... The language that she was using was more like... I'm going to find theater companies that love your work as much as I do. Nice. Whereas before I was hearing, um, here's what theater companies want right now. And you should try to write toward that, which, you know, isn't one way to approach that. Um, So right away I was like, Oh, okay. I see how you're different. Um, And she's, it's right. I mean, just sort of like Jonathan Silverstein was sort of like, uh, what would make a successful production for you? Di, I feel like, really concerns herself with like what, like really, where is the best place for this particular play, right? Like, and and how, how can we create the most successful production experience? You know, the the most successful production experience. Like, I don't, I don't think that she's. Um, she's not she would never tell me like when are you going to write a two-hander you know she would never she would never say that that's just not her she's like whatever you're writing we'll find a place for it we'll find the right place for it um, so that's been that's been
0: huge no that's good and, yeah. it's, and it's also just listening because I think that's the other thing people feel like I think they get desperate for an agent or you yeah. know that thing where you're like oh I you want me to make? If we're going to make money, you're telling me to do this, as opposed to somebody who's like, "No, you're an artist. Mm-hmm. Let's figure out how we can work together." Obviously, talented, or right? we wouldn't be having the conversation, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's the respectful part of that. Sounds immediately, I would be comforted by. Yeah. here's who's going to. Here's who I think would respond to your work, and you're going to, because that's probably the person you're going to want to have a relationship with. More than you, wrote, I can only produce a two-character play. Not, I'm not audible. Yeah, you can't write whatever you want. <laughs> right. I also need these six things in it. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, I mean, that was the the biggest difference. Um, and then she's also just really strategic, and she lets me know, you know, what she's thinking as far as strategy or like, you know, what her methods are or, um, or her logic for for. Sending a particular script out to them versus them, or I don't know. She's just she's very she's always thinking like five, eight, twelve steps ahead, and um, I just really appreciate that about her.
0: And she's thinking that she's thinking that on her own about a particular project or about you and your particular career. About both,
1: she's pretty holistic about it. She's introduced me to, and of course now with the whole w g a whatever <laughs> yeah. um, but she introduced me to some pretty awesome agents at i c m also uh, for t v and film um maybe one day I'll get back to working with them um but yeah there, they she you know was thinking about.
0: Where you might want to go? Yeah,
1: where I might want to go, or what moves I want, might want to make, and um, and then again, who might be interested in my work? So who in the agency might be interested in my work? And then those agents then in turn think about who might be interested in my work, you know, out in Hollywood or wherever, you know. So, um, yeah. So it's been a pretty cool experience. That's nice. my little. That's my little ICM promo. <laughs>
0: that's my little my little promo for ICM. <laughs> well, you know, and ICM. Obviously, a highly respectful and, and a great agency, but that's also hearing that is why. Yeah, you know, it's not an accident. And uh, on that, <laughs> they're now part that, of my tribe now. <laughs> now that they're part of your tribe, <laughs> yeah. What besides the besides you know, listen to your friends when they tell you to apply to things. <laughs> what What advice would you give to somebody or yourself starting out? You know, when you think back to like just out of two years out of undergrad thinking you are not quite a legit playwright yet?
1: Oh, so much. (laughs) No pressure. So much. Um, A couple things. Okay, craft-wise, I would say um, just always have the confidence that you're clever enough to figure it out. Um, Like, if you've got writer's block, whatever, I don't know, you have a particular problem with a play and you don't know how to solve it, just, like... (sighs) Just step step away, you know, and just have the confidence. Like even if you have to kind of like psych yourself out a little bit, just be like, you. This is what I do. Like I'm, th- it's my world, right? Like I've created I've it. Like made I'm, it. I'm 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 clever enough to figure out what happens in it, you know, and and to reach some sort of satisfactory conclusion.
0: Is that um, is that in connection to like having doubt that you feel stuck, or is that also, maybe both. Not hearing the pressure of someone else trying to solve it for you, mm. and you just feeling like I'm going to get there.
1: Um. Uh, so, playwriting, or because I'm going to say playwriting. Okay. So with playwriting, yeah, when it's like, oh, sky's the limit, and you can have anything happen in this world, or. Um, uh, yeah, then it's, it's – you become overwhelmed by the, the, the possibilities, right? Um, so I think it's just – yeah, I think it's just, you just come, become overwhelmed by not having um, – it's the ocean versus the swimming pool, you know? It's, it's, it's like when you're out in the ocean and there's no walls or anything and you're just sort of like, ah. Um, but then, you know, you just – I don't know. You like
0: You trust –
1: you just yeah just trust and, and float and <laughs> like and and it'll um it'll work itself out uh so yeah craft wise that just tr- trust that you're clever enough to figure it out um and then um yeah I don't, I don't know let's see like professionally apart from just like be in the room or be present or be a presence um I guess don't be afraid to ask for what you need. Um,
0: what, but is, what does that look like?
1: Um, it it might be okay. The marketing people at a theater company sent you graphics for the poster for your play, and you're like, "Ooh, that ain't it. That's not it, right?" Um, to be comfortable enough to say to, to suggest something else, right? <laughs> um, to a new direction or something, you know, or, um, uh, be, you know, being able to ask your agent for a list of, of theaters where, you know, they've sent a particular play, right. Um, to really be, uh, advocating for yourself and to, when you're curious about like what is happening around your work to, to ask, um, and to not feel like you're, um, bother by doing that
0: yeah it's, an, it's it's interesting how much yeah not to feel like you're a bother and be empowered it's interesting I'm still air later but we're going into tech for a play I'm directing new play and small theater company and I know they did the best they could to, with the resources they have to mm-hmm. get the furniture they had and it was so interesting the playwright saw one piece and didn't and was like that's wrong and like you know, your first instinct is, I'm not sure they can do anything about that. Oh. But then the second thing is, we have to go and ask, because the playwright, no, like, they're not wrong. Right. And them saying, that's not right, you, you'd you rather figure out if you can. And, every, and it was interesting, everybody's first thing was they're tired and they're overstretched and all yep, that yep, stuff. Yep, like, yep. that's all reality. That's like an hour <laughs> of stress, right? And then after that... Everyone wants to get it right. Yeah. And you're like, I'm so glad that person said something. Mm-hmm. You know, and, uh, and I think the graphics thing is actually a great example too, because it is representative of your world. And if somebody sent it, it to you, they, and it's not out in public yet, and it's not, even if it's out in public, you can say something because that's not my world. Yeah. Or feels not like what I intended. Yep and they didn't i yeah i think it's good to remind people cuz they didn't set out to do it wrong
1: exactly you right know? and people want to do a good job yeah. right um, yeah i think as long as you're respectful about it and and not like a diva you know <laughs> like right. who can be who can be too mad about that
0: and uh and when you think about that and who can be mad about it, actually about being respectful, I don't know if this is... My question is, what do you think today you carry in the room with you that's different than, say, the first Playwrights' Week? The, you know, what do you carry with you in any room that you didn't when you started?
1: Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. I Maybe that thing that I was talking about of um, the confidence to... to I think maybe just confident, confidence in the in the world that I've created and the, um, the work and um, like a certain amount of certainty. Right. Leaving it open for collaboration. Right. But then also, yeah, just being uh, confident enough or, or um, and comfortable enough to to say when something isn't quite aligning with the the vision that you had in mind when you wrote the play. Um, I think I feel comfortable enough to do that now, and that was definitely not the not case. Not there in the beginning. Not the case in the beginning. Um, although, ooh, for the first, the, my very first play, Sheila Girls, actually, um, I had another theater company, uh, which I will not name, but a, a representative of a theater company said, I, we think we would like to produce this play, but um, about the ending, dot, 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 you know? And... <laughs> um, and without even telling you what the play is about, it was like, does she have to get shot in the end? And I'm like, w- I, what do you think? You know, <laughs> like, so that I, I, I'm proud to say that I did have some artistic integrity even back in the day. But now, but now it is is much easier for me when I have clarity on on a particular. Um, on a particular thing right to to just be like oh no that's that's not right. <laughs> <That's>, I, <laughs> I know what it. I want yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and you know confident about it and, and to not I
0: do, yeah I think it's interesting when you say maybe the confidence wasn't there in the beginning but you were clear I also know what that I saw the play but I also know what that play was. what inspired that play mm-hmm. you know <laughs> yeah is the murder the real life murder of this girl yes. <laughs> so yeah they have to get shot and uh, <laughs> yeah yeah and, uh, yeah, so when you're thinking and you're starting out in the beginning of, of that, it's like you did create the world. You sat down alone and created it, so own the fact that you created it. Like, doesn't mean you're closed off to ideas. Right, yeah. But you created it with intention. And uh, thank you. And if you heard any extraneous noise, I'm just going to say it's to uh, Smitty who's... <laughs> a puppy. The says puppy who's been around and is now all relaxed.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, now he's chill. Like. <laughs> so that
0: was great. Thank you. Glad Chisa could stop by. Glad Smitty could stop by. Uh, glad he got to chill out at the end of that interview. And It was really great. I, I, I also loved, I was surprised by the uh, advice at the end there. The Because uh, I didn't think about it, the idea that you are creative enough to solve your own problems, that you have the imagination and the idea that when you're writing a play, you know, anything is possible. And and I think it's true, you've made the world and you start to think about, you know, maybe where it's going or how to end it or whatever. And, and I just thought, oh, it's great to think about being, you have the imagination to solve it and to not rush that, but to have faith in that I think it's the same, you know. I talked about earlier directing a play, and it's—I don't want to. It's funny. I'm not going to talk about what it's about because hopefully you'll come see it, and the pot spoils it. But it's very—it's—it's it's, it's got some big issues in it, and it's interesting to watch. Uh, one of the actors has to have a huge revelation at the end of the play, and, and just watching him track his imagination and talk through the process of how he gets there, and and I think right, he's it's not he's trying to find a path for it with a logic to it, but without limiting it. And and I think it's it's just it's a great reminder and it's it's it was great it it's fun to be in part of that process of going, Okay, I wanna create an environment. You know, you think about it for writers, but for as a director for the actor, for the designers and everybody to feel like they can fully utilize their imagination. You know, so yeah, as a writer, you can solve it, but as a, and as a director, I I know that I'm remaining open. I can solve it. But watching the actor try to get somewhere that is bigger than the, what is it? I want to say the rational, the uh, literal exploration, but find something bigger and meaningful forum and, and just creating that space for that to happen. And and it really paid off because uh, I think it, where the play got to is surprising. And so I just, I really appreciate her saying it, Glenn, but th- I've sort of been aware of it throughout this process of directing this play, but not consciously. And uh, Jesus said it about playwriting, that you have the imagination, uh, you are creative enough to solve the problem. It was a good reminder. And that is, a space that you want to create for everybody and uh, that you're collaborating with so that they feel safe to use their fully engage in their imaginative process and reach their potential. Um, and the other thing she talked about is community and showing up. And I think, you know, that's a we get we get busy, but it's, uh, it's really important when you're invited somewhere. To show up. I like that she said it. The one of the reasons I got I mean I'm grateful she showed up for the podcast, but one of the reasons we both spoke at a traumatist guild panel and that's how I reconnected with Jesus, you know, both being asked to do that separately and showing up and then all of a sudden, you know, another connection's made and and you don't know, you know you want to show up, you want to show up for people, but just because it makes you part of the community and that's vital. And she talked about it. And, and so I'm just aware of it. I'm aware that like, you know, I put up a play, you want the audience to come and I'm like, right. I want people to show up for my play. But the other thing is like, I have to get out. And, you know, this week, now that rehearsal's over, I have to go see some plays and I have to show up to things that people have invited me to do. And that is, that's part of it. The community, it happens because you show up. And it happens because you show up when you're invited because it creates opportunity for you. But it also is supportive of others. And I guess that's my theme for the week, you know, sort of realizing like others, create. you know, we create opportunities for others. Others create opportunities for us. And it really happens when we show up for each other. And I'm grateful you're showing up. I'm grateful you're listening to the podcast. I, I love doing talking with these artists. I love hearing what they think. Uh, and what their experience was and what worked for them and i uh, grateful to get to share it with you and I'm glad you listened and you know the thing recommend it to other people I would love that I'd love to get as many listeners as possible also rate us uh, you know the five star rating on iTunes definitely helps people find it and helps get people to listen and that's really good with um, with that uh, I hope everybody has a great week. I am looking forward to the end of the month being at the Southeast Theater Conference, probably dropping a interview before then, but uh, really looking forward to it. A lot of planning going into that and can't wait to share what that conference is like and those conversations because it'll be with people that I don't get to talk to here. And, um, and so you'll get to hear new people and that's exciting. So uh, with that, have a great week and we are... Oh.